0: Welcome everybody to Legendary Leadership Lessons. I've got another fantastic episode for you today. We are going to be talking about what's near and dear to many of our hearts out there as leaders, and that is how to be a better leader, what that looks like, what tools might be available to you out there to become a better leader or to lead in a a way that gets the results that you want and desire. And I'm really fortunate. And today, and having one of those people that can help you do that. David Quick, he's out of Bloomington, Indiana, but that's not where he's always been from. That just happens to be where he is today. And David has just got a tremendous background. He's a Naval Academy graduate, he's been a CEO. He now does a, a business where he's able to work with CEOs every single day in a multitude of different formats, and so we're going to pick his brain a little bit today and talk about this. What he likes to hit call being a helping bulls thrive in China shops. So welcome, David.
1: Gary, thanks for having me. Really appreciate uh, taking the time to to talk to you today and spend it with me. Thank you.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, we had an opportunity just for the audience. I had an opportunity to talk to David the other day. I was introduced to him, and I was just really intrigued by what he does. He's got tremendous background, and I want you to share, if you could, David, with the audience, just your journey. I mean, I I know what you're doing today, and we're going to talk about that, but how you got there, like what was some of your your background in terms of executive level experience?
1: Well, so I, I always tell people that I grew up in a small rural town in Indiana, went to a high school that had 67 in my graduating class. Uh, valedictorian of that, but my, as my four boys tease me all the time, it's like, yeah, you're, you, you were the biggest fish in a really small pond. And uh, that led to the Naval Academy, kind of uh, that whole opportunity is kind of where it all started. And what I realized there, man, there's a really lot of, there were a lot of smart people in the world, and I was ill prepared uh, for that fine institution, but uh, navigated my way through and, kind of climbed the corporate ladder uh, post my Navy time, surface warfare officer drove ships, desert storm, all of those things. And I'm happy to go there. But uh, eventually that led to selling laboratory equipment um, on my way to small business, which was early in my career, but kind of worked for some very large companies, left uh, three times CEO, stopped doing that about 10 years ago and became a consultant slash coach That led to Vistage chairing. So I I run a group here in Bloomington, Indiana of, I think we're now 17 CEO business owners that I meet with once a month and coach each of those fine individuals. And then I'm a culture index advisor. So I help people understand how to hire and inspire more effectively using people uh, or data around people. And then lastly, I'm a pinnacle business guide, which is uh, if your audience is familiar with scaling up, traction, it's how do we put systems process and accountability into your leadership team to drive remarkable results so that's what i've been doing for about the last 10 years and it's been an awesome 10 years
0: yeah it's really interesting for the audience if you get a chance his website is helpingbulls.com i told him i just love i love just the whole way he's laid this out because a lot of us can relate to it and i think he he breaks it down in a way that's different than what you're probably thinking he means by that when you look at it but Really interesting, Vistage, great company. Executive peer advisory groups—they they do a tremendous job. And this culture index you put me through when I wanted to see it—you know—before we talked, it's a really interesting process that you, know, you answer some questions about yourself and it kind of spits out a a profile of kind of who you are. And it was very close. I was I was really impressed with the results of it. And then also this this Pinnacle uh, group that you talked about, which is you actually helping, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, David, but you helping businesses kind of put the structure in place that they need in order to take their businesses to the next level. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Absolutely. Uh, And we can talk more about that, but but it puts four principles in place, which is do you have the right people in the right seats uh, aligned around purpose? Do they understand kind of process or what we call playbooks? And then are they performing? And if you get those four things happening well, profit, the fifth P we talk about takes care of itself.
0: So when you walk in to talk, I'm curious, when you walk in to talk to a client, give me the typical profile, how big?
1: So my clients range from my, my Vistage members who are literally saying, Hey, I have an idea and I'm starting a business all the way up to 500 million in revenue. I deal with kind of that, that wide range. And that was my own uh, experience working for very small companies, true startup, did that a couple times. And then others that were, you know, uh, Roche Diagnostics, $11 billion company. So uh, Johnson & Johnson, I've worked for a lot of large companies, including uh, the U.S. Navy. So uh, I understand both of those worlds and um, tend to be more in what I would call the Vistage size business, which is less than 50 million. But I have a handful of clients that are that are approaching 500 million.
0: So, David, when you look at this, and Vistage is awesome, Executive Peer Advisory Group, anybody out there who has not looked at this, I'm telling you, I've done the research on it. Leo Batari wrote a book on it called The Power of Peers. If you get a chance to listen to that podcast I did, you'll hear the reason why it's so powerful. It's a great tool. I think the Culture Index that he's talking about, you know, really assessing your people, there's several tools out there that can do that. This seems to be a very, very good one. And, you know, making sure you understand how people are wired and putting them in the right seats and making sure you give them the tools to be successful, critical. But what I'm really intrigued by is this, this pinnacle group that you're talking about, because it's so often you get into these companies and I'm going to, I was just on the phone with one before you and I got on this podcast, you know, $35 million company that, that I was just on the phone with, they're trying to navigate, you know, it's a second generation owner, family owned business, he's got the, he's trying to figure out where to take this thing and how to take it there and doesn't have those systems yet in place, David, that, that you talk about. So when you get into those conversations with those business owners, what do you find is the greatest weakness or thing they have to overcome in order to be successful? Anything come to mind?
1: Well, so most of this, if we're talking about those companies that are trying to scale is the classic kind of entrepreneurial trap that, hey, what I was really good at, what I grew the business uh, to is limited by the individual entrepreneurial kind of head and that they tend to be, and I can't remember who said this, uh, the fire brigade and the arsonist at the same time. and. Um, that's so true of many small companies and what Pinnacle, EOS, scaling up any four disciplines of execution. We can go through the list of kind of the business Bibles that talk about this concept is if we have real clarity and we get everyone pulling hard, rowing together. And, you know, a lot of my work in hiring, using Culture Index, a lot of my coaching and all those things focus on, do we have the right people? And, and I call it harnessing the power of your herd. Are we all aligned? Are we all pulling hard? Are we all willing to move forward and do those things? So it comes with, we have the right people. So, you know, the first kind of thing we talk about in any pinnacle engagement is do you have the right people in the right seats? And, you know, most entrepreneurs say yes. And then when you get deep into it and go, what are you doing? They're doing everything. And it's, you know, well you realize then that that's the limiting factor of their company, that that's the limit to scale. And, I talk with many business owners and say, for you to be great, it will feel like you are a lazy leader. And what I mean by that is you have to be driven to make sure you have the right people in the seats by core values, alignment to mission and vision that you're setting really high expectations. And then you're engaging people to do those first three. So Pinnacle talks about that. That's my own approach to business is, man, if I set a compelling, repelling vision, compelling, repelling core values, meaning it brings the right people toward me, the wrong people are pushed away. So I do that in my own work. That's the helping bulls that I've in China shop. Some people will be repelled by that. Others will go, well, that seems very masculine. And then I go, well, all my bull persona comes from my mom that you know, this is not a masculine thing. It's about power, passion. Are we excited to do remarkable things? And if we are, then we can be bullish, I talk about. So in all of that, Gary, it's um, can I get people aligned around that? Do I have the right people to do that work? Do they understand how I want them to act and behave, our core values? If I set meaningful expectations, measure them, and start to perform. And if we do that, I talk about it all the time is it's just like what most of us know we need to do to lose weight. Um, there's no mystery what makes businesses successful. Most people just don't do the work ongoing. So they lack clarity. They don't say what's most important. They don't let their people know that they're appreciated. They don't hold people accountable. And the Pinnacle systems System at least sets a framework for all of that. And I joke and I go, I get to be grandpa for all my companies. I get to come in and have great pride, push them hard. um, But I don't have to remind the leadership team to brush their teeth tonight.
0: You know, it's really interesting. Thank you for sharing all that. I'm just absorbing it all, David. And um, so often people, you know, I just got done. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you read Arnold Schwarzenegger's new book, Be Useful? Have you seen it? I have not. I've seen it, but I have not read it. It's worth reading. I mean, there's nothing in there that you wouldn't be surprised about from Arnold and the success he's had. What most people don't know about him, if you go on to Netflix and watch the documentary, is just the incredible amount of vision this guy had and ability to do things that people said he just couldn't do. But, you know, he has a principle that he talks about which is he he relates it to bodybuilding, but everything else is just, you know, for growth to occur. So does pain, right? We have to have some pain. We have to be able to navigate through that. And, and it's, I'm curious how often you'll sit down with a business owner who says, yeah, man, I want to get bigger. I want to get stronger. I want to get better. But when you start having your conversation with them, you get the sense that maybe they're not willing to endure the pain when that happens. What do you do?
1: So twofold, I think, um, that's how I sell my work. Um, I make them roll around in that pain. I had uh, an early uh, sales trainer that talked about probe the wound, probe the wound. Uh, how bad does this hurt? What When I do this, how does it feel? And and then, you know, the the magic salve of, well, what's the impact of that? What are you seeing all that? So that's the essence of the work. And then it's, well, how do we then solve that? And the other metaphor I use all the time, Gary, is you got to be, you have to want to be a better golfer to, to start working with me. And I, the way I talk about that is if you want to be a better golfer and you hire a golf coach, then you're halfway there. The rest of it is you got to do the work to become a better golfer. I go, if you don't want to be a better golfer, don't sign up for golf lessons. And if you want to golf your own way, don't hire a golf coach. So, you know, I, I frame that all the time and I go, this seems like you, you know what you're doing. And it's not that I know what to do. I know the systems and process that deliver results. Are you willing to do the work? And so often that pain is things like, I've been working with this person for 12 years. I love them to death. And I go, but are they getting the job done? Are they able to meet the expectation? Are they doing the work that you need? And they'll go, no. (laughs) You know, that's a classic pain for entrepreneurs. This has been my business partner for 12 years. This is how I've done it these are the people that got me here. I'm like, well, are they the people that'll get you from your example, 35 million to a hundred million. And almost always it's no, unless we do something different because if they were, they'd already be on their way to that hundred million.
0: Yeah. It's so funny that some of this stuff you talked about and you mentioned it, you know, the, the, the formula, there's several different formulas out there. It's which one are you committed to and are you willing to go through the steps to make it work? I think a Henry Ford, and you know a, a comment that he made, you know, which stuck, which was if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And yeah, go ahead, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: we, asked, we all ask the time to go. Well, this is what we're doing. I'm. Well, how's that working for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, and so it's it's interesting because there's so often these companies that that I would classify under under fifty million seems like the right number. It Could be something different. Kind of got there and I want to say accidents too strong of a a word, but just kind of by doing things the way they've always done them and that, that, it works up to a certain level and then it kind of, it plateaus. Right. And it's like, okay, what are we going to do in order to take it to the next level? And it just feels like to me, David, that that structure and what, what you're talking about with Pinnacle, whether it's EOS or scaling up, or you, I know you said you can kind of work with uh, whom they want to work with, I guess, or you have a system. How does that work?
1: Yeah, so Pinnacle, uh the our, our founder, Greg Cleary, was one of the, the the most successful EOS implementers for many, many years. And EOS went through an acquisition they sold to Dragonfly here in Indianapolis. And so private equity, you know, they want to grow and scale the business. They made some changes and many of the best implementers left. And Greg basically said, Well, what what do I do? He's also a certified scaling up coach. And he took what I think is a remarkably unique uh approach in the space, and it was I'm not going to advocate any of the business Bibles. I'm going to advocate them all. And that I'm going to get people that have broad experience and are able to bring tools from all of those. So if we were talking religion, we would go, we're agnostic. We don't care what religion you want to practice. Let's practice religion. And this whole thing from a business process is if you want to do EOS's VTO vision traction organizer, great. We have what we call a two-page strategic plan, which is strategic vision execution plan. Um, Scaling up as a two-page strategic plan, you can go through all of these and it says, hey, we're going to map out where we want to go. We're then going to say, if that's where we want to be in 10 years, what are our three to five-year goals? What are our annual goals this year? Most important, get them done. And then in Q1, what are the three, four, five things that are most important? And then how do we create a weekly scoreboard and put systems and process in place? How do we hold the leadership team accountable? How do we define where we're going? How do we want people to act and behave? And how do we measure what we're doing? And, you know, it's the same as going to Noom and tracking your diet. It, I mean, there's no easier way to give people an example. All of us or most of us have said, well, how do I lose weight? And it's if I journal my food and move more, I will lose weight. This yeah. is that same approach for business.
0: Yeah, and it's what I that's what I kind of love about it. I mean, the structure's great, but I, I think about uh, Marcus Lamonis. He he had a program on for years. I don't know if it's still on called The Profit. I don't yeah. know if you ever ever saw Watch that. Watch it
1: all the time. Loved it.
0: What I loved about what he would come in and say right off the bat, and for the audience that you know, guy, guy has a tremendous background, was very involved in in and still is in camping world, big RV business, and he would come in and help these small businesses. Transform themselves, and one of the first questions he would ask was about their numbers, right? Like, let's talk about your numbers. And if they didn't know their numbers, he was he was really hard on them. He'd say, "Look, that's your you've got to know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you've got a real problem." And I think that gets back to your point about scoreboards and metrics. And I think you know that that all really matters. I I think beyond that too is you know, like I was talking to this business owner uh, today about what's your vision? I mean, where are you trying to take this thing? What do you want to be? What does that look like? And is your team on board with that? You know, it, it feels like, David, that, that sometimes is the hardest question. Is once you've kind of figured that out, like, OK, who are we? What's our unique value proposition? What makes us different? Can we tell that story? Now it's a matter of going out and finding those those customers that that relate to that. But, boy, sometimes it feels like getting them to really clarify who it is they want to be can be a challenge
1: yeah many struggle it 's not defined, and so that 's one of you know if if you start a journey with pinnacle we we have what we call two or three days of base camp let 's get acclimated to the tools let 's get to know each other and in all of that, it starts with what I call kind of male executive physical day, which is do you have a vision and what I find is most of the time they go, well, I got some words over there, and they 're on the wall and it 's a I joke and one of my slides where I talk about this i I put up um, Dunder Mifflin's vision statement. and go, well, these two kind of look the same, you know, and this was a TV show, uh, for the office and, um, let's make it compelling repelling. And so I push them to think that way and go, does it align people that they're excited to come to work on Sunday? Are they going, I can't wait to show up on, on, to work on Monday. And I use one example all the time. I met, uh, a guy early in my kind of Vistage work and I was doing a tour of his place. And I said, well, what do you do? And his response to me is I make dumb metal parts. And I was like, what? And, you know, he was kind of like joking, flipping about what he does. And so I, in the, in the tour, I went up to the first place we stopped, which was a CNC machine and they're making metal parts. And I said to the operator said, Hey, what's this part for? And she looked at me and said, I don't know. And I asked the owner and he said, well, that's a hydraulic coupling for a Caterpillar dump truck. Instantly. I said, well, you make parts that make America move. And those two drastic differences about what we do, what we're, how we're doing it, where we're going can change a company. As soon as you say, we make the parts of America move, I can go to that operator and go, well, this is the hydraulic coupling for a Caterpillar dump truck. Here's the schematic of where it fits. Here's a picture of the Caterpillar dump truck. If the two specs on this, which are inside and outside diameter are off, the dump truck doesn't raise and go down. So Every 100 parts, I need you to stop and measure the spec and make sure that does, so we can get paid for this part and we can make the parts that make America move. It is literally that simple to me and go, well, then how do we measure that from a metric standpoint? How do we make sure that they're aligned with how we want them to act and behave when they come to work? And when they do well, tell them they did a great job. When they fall short, go, you're falling a little short. And so that's the essence of Pinnacle, you know, times 100. And we start with 7 to 13 key metrics that We measure weekly to go, did we win the week? If we win these seven to 13 key metrics and they're before your balance sheet or income statement, we will win the week. We will win the month. We will win the quarter. We will win the year. And so that's the fundamental essence of all of this, which is just break it down to the things that are most important that we need to do.
0: Yeah, I really love that. I mean, I love the way you broke that down into a way they could understand. And of course, you broke down that statistical process control for that part in a way that that user, that that person standing at the CNC machine can understand. It's uh, this, this whole business that we're talking about, about numbers and, you know, the scorecards and whatever. It's really interesting, David, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I had an opportunity to work with maybe one of the most gifted business development guys I'd, I'd ever met. And he was in front of 250 franchise owners that were in leadership development. So at this time in my career, I owned a leadership development company, and there was about 200 of us worldwide that did this. He was the number one performing uh, franchise in the world. And he said, you got up in front of the group and he said, you know, I'll give you this piece of advice. Somebody had asked him what, what what really mattered. And he said, you know, at the end of the day, what I try to tell everybody is you cannot control results. But what you can control are your activities. And if you do those activities, and you do them well, and you document them, and you cons- are consistent results will take care of themselves. Do you think that's true?
1: A- absolutely. And I think uh, the only piece in that is, well, are they the right activities or are the most important activities. And if we frame that for everyone and go with clarity, these are the things that are most important for us to move forward. And the way we talk about it in Pinnacle is this year, what's most important, this quarter, what's most important, this month, this week. If we can get everyone understanding that and doing the right activities to move there and measure them, the rest will take care of itself.
0: It's great. It's great advice. So as we're as we're wrapping up this episode, I just I think it was so great to have you talk about that. David, if somebody out there wanted to, to get your advice or get involved with your business, how would they go about getting a hold of you?
1: So two easy ways. My my website has all my contact information. You can uh, use my Calendly link. And um, if you go to Calendly, uh, uh, you can, or or, sorry, my website, you'll find my Calendly link and can go there. But um, if you search helpingbulls.com or Dave Quick, uh, EOS slash Pinnacle Guide, you'll find me all over the place. So it's easy to find me if if they want to reach out. And one of my mantras is give freely until I shouldn't. So um, (laughs) know that if your audience has uh, anything that I could help with by answering just a a question on a call, I'm more than happy to do so.
0: Well, the website for everybody out there, again, it's Helping Bulls, like a, like a bull in a china shop, HelpingBulls.com. Super smart guy. This guy is not talk. He gets it done. He knows what he's talking about. I've learned a ton from him just in the very short time that I've had a chance to interact with him. So if you get an opportunity, you need to get your business to be better. Uh, think about David. Think about Helping Bulls. David, thank you so much for your time.
1: Gary, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.